See, like when I when I like read this issue, I just get like lots of Ani DeFranco coming my way. Because See, I don't know who just... that is. So we're even. Oh my <laughs> girl, I, I okay, okay, okay. I, I know we haven't even started yet, but between between you just saying that to me and like the fact that Kate Bush now is like the biggest thing ever because of Stranger Things, I feel so effing old. I I'm going to just melt into my chair of oldness. <laughs> like I, 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 okay, okay, okay. I broke, I broke Lisa before we even <laughs> I'm started. Broken. I'm broken. Everybody at home, listen, Ani DeFranco. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Lisa, of course, aka the OG Nocturne. And I have with me my much younger, very spry, very fit, very gorgeous uh, co host. Go ahead, girl, tell me about yourself. What do you mean, spry and fit? I haven't played soccer in how many years now? Um, no, I but am not. But you played, fit. though. But you played, though. I did. So I did. Well, you know, you also, you know, years after playing, I realized um, I was not straight. So, you know, can you blame a girl? Um, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I am Lauren, uh, your friendly neighborhood by, um, and I'm in my feelings. So Lisa is a hundred percent in charge of this episode because I just, before we start recording, I literally had just finished this issue that we're talking about today. Um, and now I'm having issues. So it's, it's, we, we have a lot to talk about guys. Yeah. Lauren's having issues. I have a whole subscription. So yeah, <laughs> we got lots to talk about. Um, for those of you guys too. So this is probably not going to be as fun of an episode or as like happy and like light as an episode as we usually do. Cause this episode is going to deal with some, uh, pretty crazy things. So, uh, content warning just from the get go, um, infant loss, abortion, these are things that we are going to be talking about in this issue. So uh, it is Exiles number 16. Um, personally, my favorite issue of any comic written ever. I might be biased because it is a very nocturne heavy issue, but um, it, it's it's an issue that has a lot of emotion and it is an absolute masterwork of... Uh, by Judd Winnick. I'm just going to say it. It's an absolute masterwork by Judd Winnick. Like he is able to pull out these emotions and create this, you know, story of these two characters that for those of you who read Exiles up until about issue 10, the idea of Thunderbird and Nocturne being together is like, whoa, 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 whoa. It, it like takes everybody by surprise. But then you read issue 16 and if you go back and reread one through 10, this, it was there the whole time. It just, everyone was focused. It was more focused on mimic and blink. So nobody, you know, could see what was happening, but. Well, and as somebody who, so I have not read those other issues. I need to read all of exiles like that. That is one of my top priorities on my reading uh, list, but. Yeah, it should be. It should somebody, be on everybody's. As somebody who just read this issue alone. Um, I mean, it, I, I can't see not shipping them if that makes sense. Like I read the issue and 
it, it, it's so well done. And I'm a sucker for couples and ships where there's, you know, they, they have this certain dynamic um, of respecting each other, but they playfully tease each other. Like, you know, they playfully roast each other or get on each other, but they really are a very sweet couple on deep down. Um, there's a lot of yearning. Um, I'm gay. So yearning gets me every time. There's a lot of yearning in this issue. Um, and it's so well done. It's so well written. And, and then the last, the last page, which we'll get to, but the last page in particular has both, you know, the yearning I'm talking about, like a romantic yearning, but there's also a different level of yearning that really just, it, it hits your soul. Um, and oh, that's yeah. why even this issue is, it's definitely sadder and there's a lot of, you know, heavy stuff in it. It's, it's really important issue. Um, and I can see exactly why Lisa was screaming at me to read it and, you know, read all of exiles because th there's so much important and good stuff here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, one of the big reasons why I said we need to do this issue um, is, of course, I mean, we don't talk about politics on this podcast. We are a happy, fun, whatever. But, you know, there are things that happen in the world. And, of course, recently with the issues with Roe v. Wade being possibly overturned by the Supreme Court, of course, it's still going through everything. But um, that whole thing made me say, you know, we really need to go into this issue and look at this. Um, one of the first real, I mean, one of the first that I ever read that really dealt with these kinds of issues and in, but in, in such a, uh, such a gentle way that, um, yeah, but well, let's get into it. Let's get into the issue and let's start going. So I want to provide a little bit of backstory for anybody who, for, for example, Lauren or anyone who hasn't read Exiles up until this point, basically, um, where we begin this issue is right after the battle with Galactus. So the exiles have been thrust into this world that was run by the Skrulls and all superpowered beings were, were forced to fight in a, like, like it was like a, why, why am I not gladiator? Like gladiators. They were meant to fight like gladiators. Um, and then Galactus shows up to destroy everything. The Skrulls are like, nope. And they get the hell out. And it's up to all the superpowered beings who've been fighting this whole time to defeat Galactus. And in the process of that, you find out that Nocturne is pregnant and that Thunderbird's the father. And all the exiles are like, when the fuck did this happen, right? Um, because, you know, they're all just too busy, you know, focusing on the freaking Ross and Rachel of the team, a.k.a. Uh, Blink and Mimic. And, uh, yeah, basically, the, to finish the backstory, Thunderbird sacrifices himself. Uh, knowing that what he is about to do is going to probably kill him, he sacrifices himself for her and their unborn child. Is what is you know implied in his sacrifice is that he's doing it for them. And so we start the issue with uh, her, you know, like th them are they're about to blink away to their next destination. And in the last in the issue that you know they do this. She's like, well, I'm just going to stay behind because I'm not going anywhere. And basically Blink is like, there. we don't have an option. Like you, you can't just decide to stay. I mean, John is in a coma. He's staying because he's no use to the exiles anymore. Um, and then of course he's replaced by Sasquatch, Heather, Heather Hudson Sasquatch, not, you know, the, the chick one. Um, and, and she's just, she's crying and she's just does not want to let go of him. But of course she has no choice. She has to blink away with the exiles. That is their life. And that's where we begin the issue. And it, you know, it, it starts real heavy. It starts real heavy. 
Yeah, it's funny because when I I was telling Lisa before we recorded, like I had read the issue and I was like, well, see, the beginning of the issue, I was just pretty confused because I I didn't know all that context. I was just trying to keep up. and I was like, let me see where this goes. And then once it really gets more into specifically uh, John and and, and Nocturne and TJ's uh, interactions and, and basically now that you say that, I understand that the whole purpose of this issue is to set up, you know, like the importance of what happened before that, you know, and to, to, uh, and, and to continue it because we'll get there. But basically not only do we, as the readers get the lead up to John's sacrifice, but then we also get the last page of the issue is the first result of that basically. Yes. And up until this issue, we knew that TJ lost the baby up until this issue. Um, because I think issue 11 or 12, like Mariko says something to her again, this is, I haven't read these issues in a while. I'm just going off of what I remember, but I've read exiles a thousand times over. So I pretty good at remembering this stuff. Um, so Mariko says something to her about like, Hey, you know, we're a family. We're going to help you with the baby. And she's, she just basically shuts her down and is like, the baby's gone. Like the baby's gone. Um, I lost it. It's gone. And, uh, Mariko tries to like, you know, be like, what happened? Like, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't, why couldn't, like, you should have said something. We would have come to the hospital with you. We would have helped you. And she was like, and TJ just shuts her down immediately. And it's like, that is the last we hear about the baby up until this issue. Uh, and we find out, I think a little bit more context as to what exactly happened to the baby. And we're going to get into that towards yeah. the end because there's a lot of argument. I know, I think we talked about this a bit in the, t- in the, t- in the nocturne episode we did, uh-huh. but there is a lot of argument about um, what actually happened? I asked Judd Winnick myself, and he told me what happened. So we'll get into that when we get I mean, to it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, when we get to that, yeah, I I don't think it's up for debate what happened. Um, yeah, I, and, I I agree. Well, it, I agree. It, it, it's interesting that you say um, that, and the issues before this, technically the readers know she lost the baby because so I read this issue and didn't know that, and so being the reader of this issue and, and not having that background. I didn't know that until the ending. So I wonder, I wonder for you, Lisa, since you know you read all the issues and multiple times, all that did the last page hit as hard for you, even though technically you knew she lost the baby. Um, did that hit, did that still punch you in the gut? Cause for me, I felt like, you know, part of the, you know, it wasn't the only impact of that last page, but part of that last page was not knowing that she lost the baby and then realizing, you know, with that last page, all that and going, Oh my fucking God. So, um, for me as someone reading it at the time and, uh, everything else, it, the last page doesn't give us a gut punch about losing the baby so much as it gives a gut punch about giving context to the loot, to lo- the loss of the baby. Because let's just get right into it, right? Let's just get into it. We're already talking about it. Um, she aborted the child. Like, she had an abortion. She didn't lose her baby. She had I feel like we should. Give, I feel like we need to give some background to this. Because this isn't just a... So, so John and... And a lot of this issue, John and TJ, they they spend this time talking to each other and bonding. And you, you see moments where, like, they'll bond over, like... Uh, other version of themselves or like i think tj was with his brother james or something that's that that was interesting to me yes so in basically they bond over their relationship uh, early on they bond over their relationship with their shared relationship with james proudstar because 
each one. So in TJ's world, John is dead. Um, he does, and James is is basically Thunderbird in her world. And then in John's world, James is dead. So they have this like moment together where they, you know, they really start talking and get along because they both knew James. And Thunderbird is just, he's very interested in learning about this alternate reality version of his brother because of course, I mean, it's his brother that he lost and he he wants to feel some kind of connection. So we'll go, we'll start from the beginning. Um, you know, we're, we're going to skip over the whole thing with Morph. It's cute and it's funny. Um, it just shows that, you know, there, there's this beginning part where Morph is like, hey, we're going to like have some fun. Come on, let's do something. And she's like turning him down. And it's clear that, you know, she's struggling a lot with what she's going through. And he's, you know, tries to be like, listen, I miss him too. We all miss him. It's just, you know, we want to be there for you. He's trying to give her support, but she's just shutting him down. And up until this point, she was a very fun loving character. She was a lot of, you know, you know, like, so this is very out of character for her to be so like shut down from everybody else. Um, but we move right into kind of one of their first interactions, which was during the Battle of the Phoenix, which was about issues like two and three, I think, or what two and like three and four, somewhere around there, or very early on, they uh, meet up and they have like a cute little conversation about um, flowers. Uh, Thunderbird likens himself to Ferdinand the Bull, which Ferdinand the Bull, which when this came out was more of a esoteric story but like Disney's made a movie or DreamWorks one of them made a movie about it recently but Ferdinand the Bull the whole idea is he's this uh you know big beefy burly bull who you know like is it looks like he's ready to destroy things but really he just wants to smell the flowers he doesn't want to do the bullfights he wants to enjoy nature and that's a a huge metaphor for who John is because John is this beastly character who has been um you know, created by Apocalypse, which by the way, I just want to point this out. Um, TJ ends up getting pregnant by a fucking cyborg. I mean, is that a Maximoff thing? Like, I don't understand. Like, is this like a thing in the family? Like Wanda's getting fuck- fucked by cyborgs and having babies. TJ's getting fucked by cyborgs and having babies. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, this is, this has to be some but kind of sometimes like Sometimes we're, we're more like our parents than we want to be. Um, that's all I can say well, on that. That's I don't tea. Know. That is tea. But yeah, so he just, you know, they, they they have this kind of first interaction and she's actually charmed by him and he doesn't really even understand that he's charmed her. It's, it, you know, he's so, he has spent so much of his life up until this point as this like tool of death by Apoc- for Apocalypse that, you know, he just, he doesn't even, he's having hard times with just basic human, inter- human interaction. He doesn't understand like how things work. And this, this is the kind of thing that I think is a really interesting um, and we'll get into it a little bit later in the issue, but there's this really interesting uh, like dichotomy shift in their relationship where, you know, TJ, of course, she's looks like Nightcrawler. She's a girl Nightcrawler, essentially. Like that's what her look is. She's not a girl Nightcrawler, like by personality. I want to point that out there. Like she is not just, she's not just Kurt, the girl, Kurt at, she is her own fucking character and deserves respect. Thank you. But that's her look is basically just girl nightcrawler. And there's this weird thing about their relationship where she's the more human of the two of them. And he points that out several times where it's like, she is like, he, she is what humanity is. And he is just this monster. Um, yeah. There's a, yeah. Yeah. I really like that. You know, that's where you 
start to first see it, like when they first have the interaction and they're talking and they're talking about James and stuff. And, and you, you, you can kind of tell, or at least I could reading it that like, and he doesn't say it, but as he's asked about James and how he, she was with him and such, I, I could tell he was kind of, kind of trying to feel around, like, could she ever like someone like me in his head? You can kind of get that in the reaction. And, and eventually, you know, she does at one point kiss him and he's kind of taken aback by it and doesn't get it. And she's like, I like you. Like, what, 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 what don't you understand? Basically. Um, but then eventually it, it, it goes into a situation where they're like, they're in like some situation or whatever. And, and it looks like they had been, you know, she had been trying to like, you know, push a relationship with him. You know, she, she wanted to have an actual relationship with him. She liked him. She cared about him. And he basically goes, no, like we, we can't do this. Uh, it's not conducive to our lives. There's no stability. Everything's unpredictable. Something can happen to you. Something happened to me, you know, he, and then eventually even beyond that, he goes into what Lisa's been talking about, which is, you know, well, how can someone as beautiful as you love me? And it's, and, and she's like, what the fuck? Like that, come on, buddy. Like, I, I like you. Like, how can you, <laughs> Yeah, it's so, you know, I, I want to encourage everyone just to read the issue rather than like us go page by page through it because it's yes. such a beautiful issue. And, you know, we get so much context about their, their hit, their, how they became, how they went through the relationship. It basically, it, it's almost like a, it's like a, we're being treated right now to the B story of Exiles 1 through 10, essentially. So, uh, you know, Exiles 1 through 10 told one story and this was all happening in the background. And it's, you know, we we go through every single, almost every single kind of world that they visited and what like this, in, these interactions that TJ and John had. And, you know, like we said, they bond over their relationship with James. TJ dated James in her reality. And of course, you know, like I said, John was, uh, you know, it was his brother, but they were both, they were dead. And, and you know, like like Lauren said, you know, they go through this, this whole thing and TJ is very like laissez-faire she's like let the good times roll like let's just do it let's have a good time you know let's have we're here for a good time not a long time right so let's enjoy the time we yeah, have I mean yeah I wouldn't say though like you know it's not like she's just like let me just mess around with him and do I want to move on like she 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 does truly care about him and you see that because eventually you know at, you know, even after he's like how can you love me and this isn't you know this couldn't work with the way our lives are and stuff they do get together and you see that and you see that, you know, yes, you know, TJ becomes pregnant with his child and mm -hmm. they have this really sweet moment where, you know, even though it's not the prime time to be pregnant, looks like some battle situation or something, um, you know, they're both still, you know, happy and excited about it, especially John. And, you know, he even jokes, you know, I want a boy, you know, I hope it's a boy. And she's like, of course she would. And mm -hmm. it's a really sweet moment. And, and, and basically all this stuff, you know, uh, you know, in that moment, especially, um, you know, before that, you know, before she even said that, you know, you know, they're talking about this battle moment and what's going on and what are they going to do? And, and, and John says, you have to keep fighting basically. Um, and that, that, that line is so fucking important, um, because of, uh, what it leads into, because after all that, you know, um, it, it goes into how, like Lisa said, you know, uh, you know, John sacrifices himself. Um, yeah. All that. And it's, oh, I just, I can't stop thinking about that last page, Lisa. We need to talk about it. I can't stop. We're going to get there. We're going to get there in a second. I, I have a couple more things I want to say before we get to the last page. I, I promise. Um, I just want to point out, like, there's a moment 
where, uh, you know, he tells her that they can't do this anymore. And he calls her, he calls her Talia. And she says straight up, don't call me that. And like, so what that says to me is she allowed him into a part of herself that she doesn't open up for many people. Like she goes, she's TJ. That's her friends and family. She's TJ. She doesn't let most people call her Talia, uh, except, okay, if you read New Excalibur, it's all wrong. Don't listen to it. New Excalibur sucks. Anyway, um, but it's, so this is a thing about her. Like she's TJ, but the people closest to her, it seems like she lets them call her Talia. And then the moment he kind of tries to break it off, she's like, well, no, no, now you can't have that part of me anymore. Like, no, you know, like I, I, I gave this part of me to you and now I'm taking it back. So sorry about you. And then they have... I want to, so we're going to get into the last page very, very, very shortly, but I just want to make a very big point about um, specifically John's character throughout this entire issue. Because John's character, his whole thing is he does not feel like a human anymore. He doesn't feel like a man. He is a monster. He, and that's this whole scene we have where they're in the White House and he's saying to her, he's just like, he, he's trying, first he's, first he's trying to talk about like, our lives are so unstable. We can't do this. And, and then he's just like, this, it's a lie. That's not true. That's not why I can't be with you. And he essentially just goes into this whole, like, I'm a fucking monster. I was, I, I don't even know what parts of me are human, what parts of me aren't. I'm just a, a machine. Like you're this beautiful free being who, who's like, who's, who's everything that God intended and everything that God created. And I am this monster that was like destroyed by apocalypse. And, you know, of course that leads to them getting back together, but this is what makes the baby so fucking important, especially for John's character, is that he thought, like, th like this child is his, like, tether to humanity and tether to who he was as a person. Because now it's it's like, imagine you're, you know, you, you, you've had everything taken from you, all of your human humanity stripped from you, but it's like, there's this one little thing. You can still create a baby, you can still create a child with somebody. And that for him is, is just like this, it's, it, it creates his reason for being and his reason for every single decision he makes from this point forward up until him going into a coma. So he is just, he's so happy. He's so un, like, here's, let's, let's be real about this scene, right? When she, when she tells him that she's pregnant, he is thrilled. She, mm, she's not as thrilled. She's, she's not sure. More, yeah, she's definitely more cautious. She's, yeah, I, I didn't read it at all as she's like, she didn't want the child or anything like that, but she definitely was more like, I'm not sure about this. And, and John was definitely like, okay, but it's okay. Like we got each other, we got this, even if it's, uh, you know, not the greatest time and all that, you know, I want this and you know, I'll make sure I help. And, and, you know, he, he was genuine in all that. Um, but yeah, you're definitely right. She was very uneasy about it. And I don't think, I don't think if she had, well, I know uh, now, um, if she hadn't had somebody like John that she loved and cared about so much, I don't, I think she would have not wanted to keep the baby, not because she's against having kids or something necessarily, but just because she was uncomfortable and she had a right to that choice. John desperately wanted this child. It meant everything to him, but for her, it, you know, when they're together, it's like, they can do it. It can, it, she's, you can tell at the end of that scene where they're hugging and 
you know, it, it's, she's, you know, she's, she's, you can tell that she's like, she's in, but she's in because he's in, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, we're going to do it. We are going to do it. Yeah. But the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. Go. Oh, no. Well, me, I was girl. just going to say, and, and I think, and some people may be like, oh, well, you should have done. I, I think I think it's not talked about enough in, in any relationship in reality, right? A lot of times people have kids not because both people are as enthusiastic as the other and having children. A lot of times there is, you know, between two people or whatever that, you know, they have, you know, one person is very much more excited and the other person is okay with it, but they're really only okay with it because of their partner like and it's not because they're being forced or anything it's just because they're like you know what if we're in this together my partner really wants it i genuinely have no issue with this this is this is this sounds like a great idea then but if their partner isn't involved they themselves as an independent person they don't have this burning desire to have children a lot of people and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's just you know these are the gray areas in relationships that are often not talked about and i i really like that in this issue we see elements of you know these gray areas you know, seeing whether it's directly said or through subtext. Oh, yeah. For 100%. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head there. She, you know, she isn't necessarily against the idea. It's just that he is what kind of gives her that surety of like, okay, if we uh-huh. are together, we can do it. But, you know, it, it, she just can't do it by herself. Yeah. And like, we need, we need a little bit of context into TJ's character here too, right? We've talked about her on the episode episodes before. Um, I am going to be... In my, in my discussion right now, I'm going to be not so uh, nice as I have been. But here's the thing. You can't love a character without admitting their faults and admitting uh, where they are weak, right? And right. what for a lot of the same reasons I was initially drawn to TJ as a character and I loved her are part of kind of what gives her her weaknesses in this. And let's be real. TJ is not like she... She was raised a little spoiled. I'm going to say it. Like, she was. It, it's just, you, like, you can't tell me that this child of the freaking X-Men and the Avengers wasn't a little spoiled growing up. Do you know what I mean? And the other thing, too, is, like, it, you know, you look at Kurt's character. If Kurt has a child who takes after him, he is going to fucking do everything he can to protect that fucking child because of what he went through in his life. Do you know what I mean? So, like, she grew up sheltered. She grew up a little spoiled. She is... She's a first generation child of immigrant parents growing up in New York. Like that is a story that has been told a thousand times over. But she, and but she's and but and she's a millennial to a T. She's a millennial. So and not, nothing wrong with millennials, girls and boys. I'm millennial, so like we're all good, you know. But she grew up in this much more sheltered environment. So I understand her decision based on that a lot more. Because would, think about it. It's 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 just like she has no she has no one. All she has are the exiles, and at this time, they've only been together. They've only been together a couple months. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like everyone in her life that she has any kind of relationship with is now gone. I don't, well, and, you know, I don't blame her. Well, and I, I was gonna say, I mean, all the stuff you said about her, you know, growing up kind of spoiled and stuff. I mean, that makes sense logically. I just don't get how that would affect her decision here um or or her desire right because we haven't even gone to the decision yet we're still just talking about that moment where she's not exactly thrilled um like john is um but she's okay with it at that moment because you know she has a partner that's really serious she trusts him she does care for him um you know she's she's willing to 
uh, allow him to be a part of this decision. And that's also something that's important to note here, I think. Talia could have said, if she felt so against keeping the child originally, she could have said, um, so I get you're happy and excited and and I, I don't want to hurt you, John, but but this is my decision, my body. Um, I, I can't do this. She could have she could have kept him out of that decision. And, you know, again, as you said, not to get too political, but this stuff matters to me. Um, mm-hmm. She did not have to let him be a part of that decision, even if at the end of the day, it's her body. She gets to do what she wants. And the fact that she did allow him to be a part of the decision originally and such. Um that speaks a lot to her character, you know, even though, like you said, they've only been together a couple months and even though everybody she cares about leaves or dies or something happens or she can't be there with them, she allowed this guy she had only been with for months. So if anything, I think that speaks to her character. I think that speaks to how much she loves, just like her father. <laughs> I think that shows that she loves as strongly as Kurt does. And not to say Wanda does it. I just don't know Wanda's character as well in that aspect. But I know Kurt is, we all know it. He's the biggest sap on the planet, you know, when he's not with his dick, even when he is. So. Oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny because you talk about Wanda's character. Like I, I see a lot of Wanda's character in TJ, even though like people might not, but I definitely do. Mm. And I think it has more to do with like her impulsiveness and her, um, you know, like just that kind of attitude. Um, uh, but she also is a little bit quicker to anger than Kurt is, which I think is a Wanda ca- is more of yeah, a Wanda that, trait. That's her mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like even in in later issues, like where you see her interacting with her father, and it's like her and her father. Funny enough, her and her father don't really get along. Like mm-hmm. she. I imagine in her world, it's like she is much closer to her mother, even though we've seen the um, issues, the two issues where we actually visit her world. And basically the whole of the two issues is her and Kurt fighting. So, um, you know, I imagine she is much closer to her mother than her father in her world, as we've seen. Um, And that's another thing, too, is let's be real, like as women or as anyone who is having a child like, or having a baby, it's, you know, if you're carrying that baby, like, if you have a good relationship with your mother, you want your mother there. You want your mother as a part of it because your mother's been through it and she's going to give you the advice and yeah, help to yeah, get absolutely. you through it. Yeah, absolutely. Depending. And I think it's interesting. Um, and, you know, we, we, we should do a whole separate episode on this subject, but I, I just want to, since you touched on it, um, it's interesting because she's so much like her father, but doesn't get along with him. And I think that's interesting because even though they're so alike, they grew up with separate perspectives. Like even though they're both very similar, they both love very hard. They're this, they're great leaders. They're this, they're that. Um, You know, Kurt grew up with a more, in a lot of ways, traditional upbringing term or, you know, and he has a lot of, you know, for example, his religion, Catholicism influences a lot of his decisions. Nocturne, that's not a thing. And she's like, why would I do that? And then Kurt's like, well, because this, this and, and morals and, and spirituality. And she's like, why? Like, no, um, at least mm-hmm. the current version of Kurt's character, you know, once they did the priest stuff. So I think that is important to note that that doesn't mean, and not that you said this, but just for our people not be thinking, doesn't mean they're less alike in case they fight and stuff. It actually makes a lot of sense that they would fight even more because they are so like, and because they both will fight for what they believe in so hard. Yeah. And they both have separate perspectives that influence what they believe. It makes complete sense to me. Oh yeah. And I mean, a, a, a large part of their fighting too, is that, um, he's trying to protect her constantly. Like that's a big part of their fighting is that he is, 
he's always trying to protect her like she and like and, and he's it's it's more like he he picks on her during like missions and during training because he wants to protect her he's like girl like he sees he sees part he sees parts of himself in her and we're going to get into this when we will eventually get to those issues and we'll read them and go over them but he sees parts of himself in her that were that young roguish like swashbuckler but there's a little bit of devil may care in that and it's one thing if it's like you doing it but like watching your child be that way i'm right. sure is terrifying where it's like devil may care a uh, girl you better care because right. like like you're not you're not dying on my watch you're not getting yeah. hurt on my watch you well, know, I like that you bring up the protective stuff because that you, we see that in her relationship with John in this issue. I mean, he not only has his own insecurities he's dealing with, but he also wants to protect her. And that's what he led off with right in that initial, you know, pushback mm -hmm. he gave her um, because he was like, look, something could happen to one or both of us. You could die. I could die. And, you know, and, and she doesn't like that. She doesn't like that. He's being overprotective probably because her dad does that and other things. TJ, she but doesn't like that. She she's like, I can handle myself. And. I think that's a terrible irony in this issue by the time we get to the last page because, you know, she, you know, and, and so many are instances, you know, that you give like with Kurt and then this issue, even John, she's basically essentially saying she can't handle herself. Let's do this. I'll take care of myself regardless of what happens. Um, and then because of what happens, she makes a decision because somebody... Be, be, because of John's death and because she doesn't mm -hmm. feel that she can deal without him. She actually, the, the terrible irony is that she, she actually wanted and on a big level, at least needed him to be there for this. And because he wasn't, she made a decision. And so the overprotectiveness was actually really valid in this case. And it kind of bit her in the ass, unfortunately to not yes. take that, more head on i guess yeah well i think it's very clear and we've touched on it already that um she is willing to have the child if john is involved but right let's now we're getting into that last episode last page we're getting there um she's willing to have the child if john is involved however he's not and now and again this decision she makes we there are like, I am still so upset that they have not actually uh, like spoken about the baby. So John and TJ do reunite much later in New Excalibur, I think. And for some reason, his first question isn't, where's our baby? And the reason that that's important is because the last time we saw John before their reunion, he's still in a coma. I think this is like Exile 69 or something, somewhere around there. He's still in a coma and he is dreaming about his wife and child. So it's like the last time we, and they're not married at this point here, but like he's just, he's, he's dreaming about like her being pregnant and then having the baby and then them being like this happy family. So it's just more important to John is the baby. I mean, he, this is like his, like I said, his tether to humanity, his tether to what, what the man he once was and his family and his, I mean, I don't want to get into like, you know, the whole him being native and that whole thing. It's just, he, he's very much like this baby is, is, is important enough for him to, to, to sacrifice his entire life. Right. Well, this, and this I baby. think, 
Well, and, and, and that's a good point. And I mean, you know, if and whenever we read New Excalibur, we can talk about that. I think more than anything, yes, there's so much John that says she has feelings. I know how strongly you feel about that. Um, but I think especially at this last page, this is, this is like you said, the story, it, this is a TJ story. It's a nocturne. And the last page, you know, if you guys remember, we were talking about earlier the moment where, you know, you know, they're in the bow together and they've, you know, they're got to, he basically tells her, you know, we got to, you got to fight, you know, we have to fight, you have to fight, you know, Talia. Um, and then she talks about, they talk about how she's pregnant and he says, yep, we got this. It'll be okay. Um, well now here, you know, you have a page here. She's, you know, it says today after John, meaning after his death, she's sitting in like, it looks like an apartment room or something. And she's got raised in her hand she's crying. I yeah, I think it's a hotel. I think they're in a hotel. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, and she looks at the roses. You see a lot of tears on her face. And then specifically, this is why I don't understand how you cannot, how you can debate this because in this panel, next panel, she has a hand on her stomach. She says, "I just couldn't fight without you." And then the next panel is her laying on the bed holding the roses, saying, "I'm so sorry." I think yes. it's a hundred percent obvious like the only thing they could have done is said i'm sorry i got an abortion like that's the only way they could make it clearer like it's a hundred percent obvious that you know she's incredibly fucked up like she's so sad and she she chose not to keep the baby because she did not feel she could do it without him and she was feeling horribly guilty about it you know oh yeah i I, so, by the way, if you guys can hear it, all of a sudden there is a, a, a ridiculous storm going on outside my window. So I don't know if anybody can hear it, but uh, it's hard for timing for the sadness of this page. So I know, like, right? God is crying right now. And my dog is like <laughs> at my, at my feet right now, panting oh. her poor little head off because she doesn't like storms, but we'll get through it. We're almost there anyway. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I, so here's the thing. The reason people have debated it is because it's not it's not 100% clear, like because it doesn't say it. But the thing is, 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 is you can't just have this, you can't just have this issue end with her, with her legs spread and a doctor there. You know, like, I mean, you can't like you, the reason this issue hits so hard is because it deals not, it doesn't, this issue is not about abortion. This issue is about the human reaction and the human part of abortion. And right, the stuff that is behind why it happens and, and what it means to, you know, both parties, but especially this issue really focuses obviously on, on why Talia, the woman, the person pregnant made the decision. And yeah, I think it's so important, especially here because yeah, the emphasis is on the fact that look, she didn't do this because it was fun or easy, or she just said, fuck kids or whatever people think. She made this choice because, unfortunately, she did not feel like she could raise a child without John on her side. She wanted and needed her partner, and yeah. and that that's a very real and and you know, however you disagree or disagree with that choice, it doesn't matter. It's a very real, uh, raw human emotion. You know, so many of those emotions that go into that choice, and and if anything, I mean, I would be surprised if you know men read that and got upset because it's like. It, she did it because she didn't have her male partner. She wanted him there. If he had been there, she would have kept it. Like, oh, yeah. like yeah. you, you can't get mad at this because of that. Like it's, I, I, you know, it's anyways, I, I think it's incredibly powerful. And it reminded me of, uh, there's, uh, some people that are listening may have watched show. How I met your mother. I don't know if you've seen it, Lisa. Um, I was, have not seen it, but I have met Ted. Yeah. Listen. See, there you go. <laughs> 
I've met him. He was he was actually he was a best man at my friend's wedding. So I love this for you. Yeah, it's it's a good show. De- it definitely not all of it holds up. There's definitely a lot of issues with it today if you watch it. But one of my favorite and most heartbreaking episodes was there's this character Robin Sherbatsky, and she's very much you know I'm trying to shorten her background, but basically she's a character. She's you know very tough kind of. You know, she's a tough woman. She was raised by her dad basically to be a boy. Like her dad tried to raise her to be his son because he wanted a son. So she, you know, as she grew up, you know, she had, to, you know, she felt need to be tough and had to deal with all these issues. Uh, but anyways, so she, she never really was into any of the stereotypical femininity stuff in terms of like, she never thought about having her own children. She wasn't all about becoming a stay at home mom or anything or being a mom. Um, and so she was never interested in children. She just wasn't. But then there's an episode where she finds out that she literally cannot ever have children, that she is infertile. It will never be able to happen medically in that way. She can't give birth. She cannot have children. Her eggs are screwed. And the ending of that episode is her sitting on a bench being sad about it. And people are like, well, why is she sad? She didn't want kids. She's sad because a choice was taken away from her. Mm-hmm. Because now, what if one day she decided she wanted them? Now she she can't no matter what she chooses. And I think that's so much to the tone of this issue as well. It's about the choice. She had yeah. the choice to raise her child with her partner. She wanted that choice. But then the choice to raise her child with the father of her child and her partner was taken. And that wasn't right. You know, that, that, you know, it, it, it was life. There's nobody to blame for that. Unfortunately, you know, really that's just, you know, yeah. life happened. But, he died, but yeah, I mean, it, it goes into like, again, we're not going to get political. Right. But it, it goes into I think that I've idea. Past that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I, it goes into that idea that, um, you know, um, there is no invalid reason for an abortion. You know what I mean? Because it's like, really when it comes down to it, there wasn't anything wrong with her baby. There, it wasn't, she wasn't sick. It, she just, she's not in a point in her life where she can do it. She's 20 years old. She has no stability. Her, the father of the child is no longer in the picture. And, you know, she, she doesn't even have a home. Like she has nothing. Like, and it's, it, and the other thing too, with this child is there's a lot of kind of um, uncertainty about this baby and being in exile where it's like, okay, but if I have this baby, does this baby belong to the universe I'm in? And do I blink away and the baby stays or does it come with me? There's all of these questions that are unanswered that, you know, she's dealing with. And John at least gave her this kind of anchor where it was like, okay, regardless of what is going to happen, we're in this together. And then when he's gone, it's like, well, now it's just me and I'm the one who needs to deal with this. you know, yeah, and and she and she don't want to, and I think people are like, you know, of course, some people might be like, well, she should have just done it, and whatever that's your feeling about, you're entitled to your feelings, but she don't want to, and again, she, it's not even just that she don't want to, she didn't feel she was capable of doing mm-hmm. it alone, and and again, that's a valid human emotion. I mean, I know even just when I, you know, just even when it's not that, you know, as a situation big as that, if I don't feel I'm capable of doing something. I'm either not going to do it or like if it's a work thing, I might ask somebody else at work that knows what they're doing to do it. Like it's just, if you don't feel you're capable of doing something, don't do it unless you find a way that you know you can. And she couldn't find that way. It seems like, and you know, that that's just how it happens. But either way. Yeah. Like the, the raw human emotion, the fact that, you know, even just you and I can talk so, so many layers into this. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so well done. It's so good. 
Um, I, I hate that I didn't hear about this before you because I think everybody should be talking about this. It's yeah, it's again, it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful issue. Um, uh, I want to say I think I've mentioned this before, but you know, th- so this came out in two thousand two. That's the other thing is, you know, That's this was insane. at a time. Yeah, this came out in two thousand two, um, and uh, uh, the other thing I want to mention is I met Judd Winnick at a Comic Con in I think two thousand four, and mm. I asked him straight out. I was like, "Is was it abor- was it an abortion?" And he told me, "Yes, it was an abortion." Um, yeah. Of course, I mean, you know, listen, I'm very much of a believer of if it's not on the page, it's not canon. So I, I you know, but however you want to page. Inter- She's no, I totally- stomach. Like, <laughs> You're like, not I, wrong. You're not it's, wrong. It's, it's, again, the only way they could have made that clear is if she literally said, I just can't fight without you, John. I'm sorry I had an abortion. Like if she had said that out loud to herself and said the word abortion. That's I mean, literally I- the only way to be clear. Why else would she hold her stomach? Why would they have the panel do that? Why would she apologize? to john for it because she knew john won the kid i mean i, I, <laughs> I agree i agree it's it is it is very though you know it, it's very clear but i agree that um you know if it, it's not it's it's clear but it's not like 100 so i agree if people want to have it up for interpretation i get it um but i do want to point out one thing when you go to when you go to marvel.com and you look up the episode of the issue there the way that they describe the issue, this is the description, explore the history between Nocturne and Thunderbird and learn the true fate of their unborn child. Now, again, I said already in about issue 11 or 12, she already told Mariko she lost it. So the fact that they're that they're um, selling this as like, this is the true fate of the unborn child. If it was just lost, then there is no oh. true fate to, to well, learn. Well, and, and and here's the other thing. So because at that point, people can still debate if it was a miscarriage or not. So I can see that debate. And here's the thing. Okay, why on the page in ex- this issue of Exiles would she say, I just couldn't fight without you. I'm sorry. Why would she apologize and say she couldn't fight? That implies she made a choice that involved her not being able to fight. A miscarriage is not a choice. A miscarriage yes. happens because of unforeseen circumstances. Something goes wrong with the pregnancy and it you know basically it you know it's it, the baby is terminated by your body or whatever on its own you know the person does not choose to end the pregnancy um it's very clear this was a choice and it's yes. very clear you know why she made the choice and such so um yeah uh lisa is a nice one here so please listen to her if you're angry because uh i don't see how it's misunderstood on panel i don't see another interpretation if you say it's otherwise you're wrong I, you know, the only reason I'm nice about it is because like, this is like 20 years of me having this discussion with people. <laughs> so, so it's like, I'm just like, okay, whatever, however you want to interpret it, interpret it. I'm new to the party. I will bring the new fire. I will bring the I new, shut up. It. You're wrong. You we will be it. the nice diplomatic one. I'll be the one. Shut up. You're wrong. <laughs> we need it. All right. So I'm going to ask the, I'm going to ask the the tough question. I don't know if we've talked. I, um, I, I feel oh, like no. we might have discussed this already before or not, but I can't remember. I'm going to ask a tough question. Now, this is specifically about TJ I'm asking. I'm not asking about just anyone in general. How do you think Kurt would feel if he found out that TJ had an abortion? Um, I think he would be distraught, I think is the word. I don't want to say upset because I, I don't know if he'd get angry. Um, I think he would definitely be distraught would be the first. And I think he would ask what happened because I don't think he would get mad at his daughter, like blandly mad, because I don't think... 
I don't think his first thought, no matter how distraught he would be, would be, oh my God, my daughter just fucking ended a pregnancy and how dare I don't Kurt doesn't think like that um especially on matters like this especially with his daughter he may fight with his daughter and disagree but I guarantee at the end of the day he knows his daughter has his morals at the end of the day like the good morals not the religion but the morals and so I think Mm -hmm. he would be distraught and he would ask what happened and and he'd want to make sure she's okay because I guarantee you you know if you you know I, I think number one I think she would break and tell him I don't think anybody else would Uh, because i mean especially with topics like abortion i mean you know oh you know there are times where like stuff comes up in somebody's life and i might tell the person involved hey they're dealing with this just want to let you know please keep it on the dl like i'm telling you just so you know abortion is not one of those things you do you do not go to somebody after somebody tells you they had an abortion even if it's their parents say hey by the way um your kid had abortion uh just that's why they're upset but don't worry about it like you can't do that you know so i think she would be the one to tell him and i think you know he would just want to know what happened first of all and his concern would be his daughter i i do generally believe that because at the end of the day kurt is somebody with good morals and he cares about his child and he's a father he's even before being a catholic you know yeah. that because his his catholicism influences his parenting right but it isn't his parenting and he is not he's a father before he's a catholic i think in my head and you know we're even starting to see that in you know legion of x where his his catholicism and, and his religion and his priesthood are being challenged and he's not fighting it he's just like huh you might kind of have a point so yeah i think yeah. he would want to make sure she's okay and he would be like what happened and then you know when she told him he would be like i'm so sorry you had to make that decision i'm so sorry you didn't have your partner that that's not right you know and and i you know you shouldn't have had to make that choice yourself because more than anything i think he would want to be there for her he wouldn't been he want he would like you said talking about the mother being there for you know a daughter having a child you know i think he would have been one to be there to you know talk her through that decision or even just listen and help if she wanted Mm -hmm. an influence on that choice because you know maybe he would and he might feel this way even if i don't agree or not but i think he might feel like hey if he, he had been there you know this kurt if i had been there with my child, I could have, you know, been there and given her the support she needed to raise that child. And maybe she would have wanted to keep it then because she would have had support, but because she literally had nobody, she didn't want to keep the child and didn't believe she could. And I can't fault her for that because that's fucking hard. Oh, of course. Absolutely. I agree with that assessment almost completely. Um, I think he would also be very distraught. I think it would, I think that his, like, I think that his distraughtness, like you said, it would be more like, what is, what did my daughter go through? Um, and I think also like, you know, I think like he would, he would be, I I think it's, it would be something that he would really struggle with. I think, you know, because, um, it's, I don't think it's a decision he would ever make. I don't think he like, well, because, because one, he, he would, uh, unless something changes, he will never get pregnant. So yeah, you're right. He will never make that choice. And then two, if he got someone else pregnant, Kurt would be there for them. Unless he died, he won't be going anywhere. Yeah, He would be exactly. like, I am here, I am here. So you're right, he never will have to make the decision. That's why, you know, again, at the end of the day, even if you're right, like he may process this and maybe he does get a little upset in his own head that like, oh, well, you know, I, I hate that my daughter had to do that or felt the need to do it or did it. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I think eventually he would realize through talking with TJ and maybe even others, like what well, if he talked to Logan about it? Like, I think even Logan would be able to say, look, bud, you're never going to get pregnant. Like you, you, we, and, and, and cause Logan's one of those characters that, you know, he, 
he's he seems very conservative and in some ways is but at the end of the day he he understands with women and other issues like that you know with with women's issues and other issues you you know he can't have a say in that he he always respects that like i mm-hmm. i can say that um and so i think he would tell kurt the same thing hey you know buddy like look i get you're upset you want your kid i get that i have kids but like she made her choice yeah, yeah I get you wanted a grandkid but she made her choice and you know she was without a partner, but you can't you can't fault her for that. Well, yeah, I I so the other thing is I don't know that TJ would go to t- I don't know that TJ be, would be the one to tell Kurt. I no, well, that I, I think, disagree I with a little bit. I don't think she'd go to him. I think if they were arguing per se one day, right? They're fighting about something and it gets too heated, it gets too heated too quickly, and he's pulling shit on her. And maybe he brings up John, for example. Like he gets really, he just stoops a little low in the argument, like we do sometimes. And she finally says, "Fuck you!" I had I. Got you know that I was gonna have a child with John because Kurt probably doesn't know that. And she said we were gonna have a child, Dad, and I chose not to have it because I lost him. Fucking back off, and she would just storm off. Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't be her going to him and being kind about it. It would be more one day there would be an explosion and all this would come to light. Um, at I least in see my that. Head. Well, I see in my head again, and this is this is all just conjecture because there's very little evidence in the comics of any of this. Um, but in my head, I feel like she'd go to Wanda first. Like that's who she'd go to for comfort. About I don't it. think she'd go to anybody. I don't. I because again, we. I mean, we see it here. Like, and and you know her better than I do, obviously. But yeah. just alone in this comic, and from you, you've said about you know, she doesn't have anybody. She's not used to it. Well, people yeah, that not- don't have people. They don't go mm-hmm. to people about issues. They don't just go. I'm sad because I had to make this decision. I'm going to go talk to my mother, and especially with stuff like abortion as big a topic. I mean, I can just speak for myself as a woman, like, and, and I have a great relationship with my mother. I love her to death. If I had an abortion, my first thought wouldn't be, let me just go talk to my mother. It would be to shelter myself. It would be to lock myself in my room. You yeah. Know? I, so. I, it all, de- it depends on a lot of different things. I mean, Right now, she's alone. She's very much not alone when she's in her own home world. And the other thing, too, is, like, she's still not in her home world. Right now, she's in freaking Agrabah or something, like, as a oh. queen. Don't get me wrong. She's a queen. Justice for still, TJ. so stupid. I mean, justice for TJ. A freaking man. Justice <laughs> Justice for John. Justice for John, too. Um, Ugh, put them but, together. Okay, it's uh, fine. I just love everything about them. I... Uh, yeah, I re- I recommend everybody please read Exiles. It is so freaking good. I can't say enough about how freaking good Exiles is. To this day, it still is like one of my absolute favorite comic runs of all time. Is Jed Winnick's time on Exiles? I actually have F- issue sixteen hanging on my wall right now. Can't see it. It's over there. Um, signed mm-hmm. by both Jed Winnick and Jim Calafiore. Both of them are co-creators of TJ, and both of them, well, well Jed wrote it and Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, illustrated the issue so uh yeah i it's i will i have to say like i read this issue very 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 early on in me collecting comics and reading comics and i think that this issue has a lot to do with why i stuck with it because it's like oh shit they're dealing with women's issues like they're dealing with like well and in 2002 i mean holy shit that's yeah an issue like this in 2000 that's that's fucking phenomenal and and with how well done it was like i didn't read this issue and go oh well this had the right idea but ugh, not executed well because that's usually what happens with stuff that about big mm-hmm. issues like this that are done in the past it's you know right idea trying to do a good message but oh like that just did not work this i mean this read like something that could have been published today in terms of 
an issue like this and such. It was it was very well done. Yeah, I think that um, Judd Winnick has a lot of well. So Judd Winnick, I mean, he became famous writing. Well, he became famous being on the Real World and then writing about uh, his friend who had AIDS and died of AIDS. So he's. It's not like it's not like dealing with these kind of issues is like something that's new to him. It's this is what he does. He's very good at finding those issues that are very. Um, at the time, maybe hot button or or uh, whatever else, and he he deals with them with such a fine touch and such a like a beautiful touch that uh, it makes it, it creates a beautiful story without it have without it being a, necessarily a commentary. And that's what this is. There's really no commentary. Like there's nothing. No one is telling TJ she did wrong. No one is saying that she did right. It's just about her. And I think that is the thing that's lost in a lot of abortion topic abortion debate is. It is such an immensely personal decision. And that's what I love about this issue is that it's all it is about is about her and how it affects her and her decision. It's not like there's no greater thing. There's no like the the exiles don't come in and, and like say, oh, my God, you had an abortion. Oh, my gosh, TJ, why didn't you tell us? Oh, oh, why didn't you do this? It's just it's about her and the decision she made. And that, I think, it, it speaks volumes about how important that issue is. Yeah. And I like I like how well and uh, how well written and easily it was to uh, achieve what this does. So, like, this issue does a great job of showing how with the, a decision like this, you know, when the woman or whoever's pregnant, you know, because transgender and such, uh, you know, whoever's pregnant that's making this decision, how it's a hard decision. It does a great job showing it without on the nose. Cause it's not like, like you said, this is an issue where they're in a doctor's office and the doctor's like, uh, you are having a kid, but also this could kill you. Or by the way, your husband's dead. So what do you want to do with the baby now? And she's like, Oh my God, I don't know what to do. This is, it's, it, it but this issue, it takes the time to just show how much went to the decision and how you know, and, and again, not that a woman has to consider her partner's decision, but the fact that she did, she, and she wanted her partner and such. And I think that's so important, especially for people that uh, do not get pregnant or can't, and especially men, right. To see this perspective of, Hey, you know, this person actually wanted the kid because of her male partner. And then mm -hmm. when she lost it, she made the decision. So guess what, men, you do affect decisions sometimes, even if it's yeah. not your choice, even if it's not your body, your actions will affect this. Um, and what happens to you, even if it's not your action, right? But what happens to you will affect this. And that's not to put blame on the men, but it's just say, hey, look, you're actually considered sometimes in these decisions because women do, we do care regardless, you know, yeah. a lot of us, even if you, it isn't your choice. So I think, I think it adds that layer to the whole, you know, when you get into the politics of abortion, blah, 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 it's very, you know, you're either on this big, big side on the right or the big side on the left. There's so much middle that isn't talked about. And this issue just does so, such a good job doing that naturally without it feeling like an entire issue on abortion. Like until you get to the end of this issue, it doesn't feel like that. Like when I write, read it, I didn't go, oh, wow, they're talking about abortion here. We got like, it didn't, it didn't feel a slap in the face to you. It was natural. And I think this issue has the potential to be accessible to people on one end or the other of this issue and and bringing people closer together to understanding the yeah. nuances and like as you said way earlier the human emotion behind real yeah. topics like this oh yeah and and like like we said you know it's there there's no judgment in this issue there's no judgment you know it's not like she did it and it was bad or she did it and it was good it's just she did it and it was her decision yeah. and it was she's really now good. dealing with it yeah 
Um, I will say, if you are planning to continue reading Exiles, things are not going to get good for TJ for a little while. <laughs> she is about to go through a Just lot for of shit. TJ. She's about to go through a lot of shit. She's going to Mojo World pretty soon, and she's going to be tortured. Oh. And yeah, it's going to be bad for a little while for TJ. Well, so she, well, well, she really, she she's been yeah. through it. She goes to the fucking ringer in the next couple issues. Let me tell you. But um, but yeah, thank you for reading it with me, Lauren. I'm so happy to share yeah, my favorite. You. Yeah, no, thank you for, for suggesting it because, yeah, I think, and and I mean, I'm not even big as Exiles fan yet or anything, but yeah, I agree with you. Everybody, I think everybody should read Exiles, which I will be reading everything else. And even just read this issue to start. Like, if you think Lisa's all crazy <laughs> talking about, like, how much she loves it, how good it is, just read this issue because they'll convince you to read the rest like I am. So, um, exactly. yeah, and this, was, might- this was a freaking great one to read. Yeah, and it might just make you a Nocturne fan. Who knows? That's what I'm here. The, noc- uh, the Nocturne agenda. Hashtag she's, Nocturne agenda. She's here to get all of us. <laughs> I am I am one by one. I will literally speak to every single person on this planet one by one if I have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah, and girl, I'm, I'm just loving how you're like, ah, I didn't wasn't going to read Exiles, but now I might. And it's like, oh, just like Saga, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then Saga ruined it for me. The thing about Saga is that Yes, it's a love story in the beginning, but at its core, it's Hazel's story. You know what I mean? So it's like in the beginning, we have that love story because Hazel doesn't have a lot to say because she's like a baby and a toddler. So she's telling the story through like Hazel, like you have to think of it this way. Hazel has like no memories of that early part of her life, just like none of us do. None of us have memories of that. So She's telling the beginning of that story based on what she's been told by her mother. So yes, of course, it's very heavily rooted in the love of them and the love story. But granted, then Marco dies. By the time Marco passes away, she's old enough now to have memories and to start remembering things. And of course, losing your father at a young age like that, that's a traumatic experience that is going, you're going to remember that and you're going to remember the things that happened around it. Um, and so now, like the the narrative is going much more into Hazel's story. Like in one in the in one of the more recent issues, you know, Alana goes on this whole like you know journey or act, like outside journey to to you know f- run some drugs or something, and we really don't hear much about her side of it because we're focused in on like what's going on with the band and like Hazel and all that stuff. So I think that Marco's death was like that moment of okay. Uh, now we're moving on. Now it's Hazel's story 100%. Now it's all just told from her and her memories rather than like what her mother has filled in the gaps for. So, but yeah, but yeah, this is like a little off topic, but don't get me wrong. When Marco gets stabbed, it is the biggest punch in the gut. And I waited three years to hope that, um, that he was not dead. And maybe it was just, you know, he, like he was okay. And then they started showing the solicits with Bombazine in the front. And I was like, do not tell me that man is her stepfather. I will lose my mind if Alana has already moved on. And she didn't, thank God, because I'm like, girl, you're literally, you know, you've got the entire universe against your love story. So maybe like, don't move on so quickly. Uh, But yeah, she didn't, thank God. And yeah, so it's just in general, it's read, read Exile 16, read Saga, the end. Lauren, tell them where they can find you, girl. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at FriendlyMBHDBI and all my other links and stuff are there. I do a live show on Sundays. Um, Lisa's been on there twice now and she'll be there more. So uh, I try to bring some Simply Amazing there. So it's a good time every time. 
yeah, we have a good time. It's it is fun. We had fun last time um, that I was on there. Uh, although I'm still angry about the game, but you know, it's okay. It's all good. Um, I think it was a great game. I had. Yeah, a I, know, great I know you time. do. I know you do. <laughs> I think me and Trace have other opinions, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a fun game. It just, the rules were crazy. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, so uh, yeah, if you want to find more Simply Amazing, come find us on our website. We've got a website called simplyamazingpod.com. You can find all of our stuff. We actually, I just put up a nice little uh, little page. If you want to come on and talk about Nightcrawler or Nocturne or literally anything, because we will make, I will make it fit and I will make it make sense with Kurt. Come on. All like, I heard let is make know. it fit. That's what she May- said. Mm, that's what she said. <laughs> um, so if you want to come on and talk about anything, please just go to our website, simplyamazingpod.com. There's a little Be Our Guest link and it's got an amazing little picture of uh, Kurt and Logan. I'll just say that. <laughs> it's so good. And, and uh, yeah, fill that out and let us know. We would love to have people on uh, talking about their favorite things about Nightcrawler. The big thing about us is that we're not just about other podcasters or any. We want to hear from everybody. We want everybody in the world to tell us about why they love Nightcrawler. Because everybody in the world should love Nightcrawler. Let's be real about it. Right? Sound bite right there. That, exactly. That's a shirt. Uh, so, yeah, find us there. Uh, if you like us, if you enjoy this, please hit subscribe and uh, give us a little rating. Tell us that you love us because we love you. Let's be real about it. And, yeah, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. We're on Twitch here and there. We'll do lives and we'll do some giveaways and fun stuff. We have to plan another live for Twitch. We haven't done one we since do. uh april so we should do something about that soon look i just uh, want to give the people what they want but if, if it's crickets out there they don't want the giveaway so let us know if you guys want to do in our giveaway oh my god that's like an old school sales technique right there i guess no one wants the giveaways so you know like no giveaways then. i mean it's a it's an old school sales technique because it's true it works well if you don't mm. want it we just don't need to do it. No, that's oh, right, no exactly. we're going to do it anyway because we like doing them. We like giving you guys free shit. It's fun. We do. I do. And I bought a whole bunch of shit that I have to give away now because, I mean, I don't need a thousand shot glasses that say different X-Men's names bars. Uh, so, um, yeah. So, yeah, please come find us and tell us, you know, what you think of us. Uh, we are very thick skinned. We can take it. And, yeah, um, if you are out there. And you uh, have, you know, are trying to make a tough decision. Just know that it's up to you, girl. It's whatever you want to do is up to you. But just remember, you're simply amazing. <laughs>